Hello everyone, I'm Ganesh back here on Data Insights Podcast. It's another great episode where we want to talk about how the data and AI can deliver meaningful insights to take better or best decisions, which is a lot more critical now, especially when we are all in, you know, experiencing a lot of, um, you know, different trends going on around us on the financial side. We all want to make a better decision. We all want to make sure that, you know, no stone is untouched in terms of profitability improvement and um, cost avoidance and many, many, many things. Um, The best way to learn what best we can do is learning from experts, learning from the practitioners. So today we have Hector from Winston Products. Hector, thank you for being in this show. Thank you for um, having me. I'm looking forward to learn what you all follow, how you are getting the insights using AI. And so why don't you give us a little bit about uh, the company and you and your role. Start with yeah. that. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Ganesh, for the introduction. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, well, I'm in, I'm in Winston Products, like you mentioned. Uh, my role in Winston Products is a manager of FP&A or financial planning and analysis. I'm in charge of forecasting sales, managing inventory planning, uh, create financial models, uh, do ROIs and P&L evaluations, uh, financial statement analysis, anything that involves uh, those sort of, those kind of things. Got it, got it. So FP&A is a very critical function today, especially um, with the market being uh, weird and the inflation rates and interest rates are <laughs> historical uh, like high. For so sure. um, what's what's a day look like now compared to year before? I don't I always ask about supply chain leaders about pandemic, but I think this this in FENDA is way more than what you have seen in uh, you know during pandemic. What's a life look like now for an FPNDA leader? Yeah, so that's a very interesting question because it changes every day. <laughs> it, it's a constant change. Uh, if we if we go back to last year, we were you know we were evaluating how you know changes you know were happening in the time of COVID and how that impacted you know the last couple of years. Um, but now all of a sudden we're trying to live in a post-COVID world, so we're now trying to figure it out how can we get data that it produces, you know, that we can anticipate these type of things before happening. And it's my job as an FP&A analyst uh, to basically, you know, try to understand what the trends are going and what the what they're doing to um, today's market. Mm-hmm. So one of the main important things that we look at at Winston Products is freight cost, for example. Okay. Freight, yeah. Freight cost, you know, it went crazy during COVID times. And uh, of course that had a big impact on, on, on our numbers. And yeah. I'm assuming like it hit a lot of other people's numbers as well. So that's one of the main things that I would say, you know, uh, as a FP&A manager is that these things keep constantly happening and changing, you know, before it was freight costs, now we're dealing with inflation. Now we're dealing with other macroeconomic factors that are happening. So, mm. so it's constantly moving, constantly changing. And of course that changes, you know, our inventory levels, for example, uh, if yeah. inflation goes high, 
then people have less money to buy, then we have more inventory that we need to sell. So uh, it, everything, you know, it's connected. And that's the beauty of being a, an FP&A is that, you know, everything that happens outside, it also happens <laughs> internally. So, um, you know, obviously during the pandemic, we were all struggling. Some companies were struggling on sales. Some were struggling on, were struggling on supply chain, uh, ability to deliver. So now the, those problems are solved. Now, if we want to have, we can have enough inventory. But uh, because of the inflation and all those, we cannot have that much inventory. So in your view, is the inflation and interest rates are putting same or much more harder uh, commitments on supply chain cost? Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say it would equate exactly to what the freight cost did. Obviously, okay. the freight cost it was 200% more yeah. than what it used to be before COVID. So that's that's a little bit of a difference, but it's still, I would say, yes, to your point, inflation and these macroeconomic factors, you know, um, everything that's going on uh, overseas, you know, in terms of, you know, wars going on. Uh, those things affect whether you, whether we want it or not, the consumption habits, you know, people change their spending habits and therefore we don't sell as much inventory because, you know, people are, there's less food traffic in the, in the stores because people get, you know, um, they want to, they want to keep their money. They want to save because interest rates are going up. People can't afford housing, you know, everything affects, um, FPNA. So it is very important for us to keep track of these metrics. Uh, so we uh, keep a close eye on what's, what the consumer habits are. Yeah. So, you know, I know a little bit about um, Winston, given that our relationship between Conversite and uh, Winston, but you are all using these kind of data analytic systems and you are already kind of optimizing your inventory and a lot of that uh, stuff. Yeah. So can you say you are kind of prepared enough in terms of data, at least in terms of analytics, you are ready for this? Well, it, there are things that can be improved. Let me, let me, let me rephrase it like that, because uh, there are things that do surprise us due to the lack of uh, visibility. Mm. Uh, for example, uh, an item might go out of stock that we didn't, uh, we're aware that it was going to go out of stock, but since it outperformed based on uh, okay. your forecast, then we we all of a sudden find ourselves with a uh, out of stock position. That's something that I feel like you know, even though we have tools that we can vis that have the visibility of seeing, hey, this is how much we have on hand for this item. There is still that element of hey, we, you might run out of stock if things go too well with this item. So, yeah. so there are things that, you know, still surprise us <laughs> that okay. still can be improved. And uh, yeah, definitely using the, the tools of technology that we can help improve in, in terms of, hey, projected out of stock alerts, for example. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Talking about inventory, that's one of the main things that, you know, out of stock surprises and, and you know, uh, making sure that enough we have enough lead times to bring uh, enough inventory and have enough product for when those things happen. Got it. So it's a, it's a market shifting overall when you are connecting it with your peers and all that. Is it, um, is it more 
growth, what is CFO's priorities now, growth and margin? I know it always be both, but if you want to put one over other margins. Yeah, that's a, a fantastic question because we, the last couple of years, we have been pursuing growth and growth and growth, and we have mm. been growing exponentially. We have been do, doing very well in terms of growth, expanding our product mix. Uh, we have been pursuing new opportunities, but sometimes at the cost of our margin, sometimes at the cost uh, of our cost, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and it's been very uh, detrimental to our, mar our margins and our uh, bottom line. So I would say if I had to prioritize right now, definitely will be margins. I think uh, at least uh, the way I'm seeing things going right now, since everything is adjusting and the market is kind of trying to balance out and adjust to pre-COVID levels or at least normalize, uh, I think people are prioritizing their margins and people are understanding, hey, things can go south like it happened with the COVID. Yeah. We need to make sure we're protected. We need to make sure that we have uh, products that are doing well. We need to make sure that our margins are looking healthy in case, you know, something were to happen. So, yeah, to, to, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think... Well, yeah, uh, yeah, it does, it does. I think, uh, you know, every company has a priority, but you're right. I think that's what I hear. I think at least 70% is moving, to, like margin yeah. is more important. And, and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of this um, is, you know, a lot of this conversation it's going towards what happened in COVID, but I think it is important to mention because there is a pre and after, you know, it's yeah. a pre and post after of, of COVID, you know, after yeah. COVID happened. So things change dramatically. And I think a lot of priorities change for a lot of people, a lot of companies. Got it. Got it. So in your world of um, FB&A, yes. I think, uh, even even like today, everybody's talking about reports and analytics and statistics and all those. FB&A is always about numbers and data and analytics, even not with this AI and analytics, even before, you know, so you you are all the, the real number people. So give me a little bit background on your career. How did, how did you get, get to this role in the FB&A? How do you like it? Yeah, no, I... I... I love it because it keeps constantly changing. I'm always mm. doing something something different. So that's uh, one of the things that I love about this position. But I ended up here. I actually started my uh, my career in uh, Rite Aid. Uh, mm. it's at, uh, in one of the PB PBMs that they had, it was called Elixir Solutions, I think. Um, and they, I started my role there as a financial analyst. Okay. And, and after that, I was able to understand a little bit of more about that world but then i understood how retail works and it's very different from pharmaceutical companies <laughs> so yeah. it, it just it just caught my attention more and and i understood that the my fpna role could have an impact at the top line and the executive line by providing them with useful information hmm. so i wanted to grow in terms of you know personal growth in my career. I'm still young, 27 years old. <laughs> I still think yeah. I, I have a lot to learn. But uh, Winston Products was a perfect fit for that because then I saw that this company needed to grow. And I saw that this company wanted to grow. So I wanted to grow with the company. And the company, sure. had, I wanted to see what the things that they have to face in order to get there. And 
what I have learned about FPNA, what I encourage people to explore more of this world is you have a lot of information to bring to the table from all different departments, from inventory, from sourcing, from logistics, from sales. You can put all of these things together as an FPNA analyst and then mm. um, provide useful information for the decision makers in the company to make uh, useful decisions. So, uh, and eventually you become one, you become someone that gives recommendations. You became someone that um, is able to bring those add value add, um, I guess, conclusions to a table. So. Got it. Got it. So, um, you know, during the pandemic time and um, everyone was looking for who's our supply chain person. Yeah. And um, because, you know, like from CEO and everybody was really, you know, we can survive only if we deliver and you can't uh, take the supply chain for granted anymore, right? So what used to be. Yeah. And uh, so now you are probably the hero now. The, the leadership needs yeah. you, um, the FP&A manager and analyst to really, you know, crack those numbers and identify those, uh, you know, the, let's say the, the margin leakage, let's put that term, right? So yeah. what are all those, you know, where all we can avoid cost and where can we increase some revenue and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So how's the life now? Like, is it, are you, do you in a day in a life or a week in a life day, week in your day, uh, schedule, do you get a lot of requests for different ad hoc uh, analytics? Yeah, absolutely. I get a request, like I mentioned, from all departments every single mm. day, every single time. Uh, I I am kind of like the data core of my, okay. of, my, of my company because I bring all of those sources together and I bring all the data together to be able to provide them with an answer. So, so yes, I have to lose, use a lot of data tools, a lot of data to be able to you know, come up with useful information to all my uh, departments, basically, right now. And and at this point in time, uh, a lot of questions are being asked before you know end of year, because uh, you know we want to oh, yeah. next year. So so there is a lot of requests coming along, and and my hands are pretty busy at this point in time. <laughs> God, God, yeah. So now you have been in this career for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. and you're still young. You have not seen those old, uh, you know, crystal reports and old, uh, my, you know, Hyperion space type of tool. I realized that. But then within the last couple of years, there are different tools and technologies and all those. Yes. So what, how do you see the modern technologies, be it analytics or AI and uh, generative AI? How, how are that is helpful and uh, how are you gaining the, 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 getting the training and, uh, yeah. you know, making sure that it's not taking all your time and learning rather it's helping you in your journey. Absolutely. I think nowadays there's, there are all kinds of tools right now to, to utilize and at your disposal. And I think with the, you know, into integration of AI and all of these amazing tools that we're getting from all different, you know, uh, companies and, and resources, I think. Right now, it's at the peak point of innovation in terms of, you know, bringing data analytics mm-hmm. to another level. And that's something that it's so exciting to me as an FP&A manager. 
because this makes my life 10,000 times easier. So I, I can, you know, nowadays with the change, like you said, in a couple of years, I've been doing this and I've already seen like the immense amount of growth of just being able to have data at the tip of my, you know, fingers. Like I literally can go into Conversa in this case, which is what I use. And, and I, you know, ask Athena for a couple of questions, you know, as, as I would do with chat GPT and it will yeah. deliver my answer. You know, I don't have to scramble around the numbers anymore and I don't have to search around that saves a lot of time. That saves a lot of um, resources on our end and uh, time is money. It's very valuable. And uh, nowadays, yep. I think that's one of the things that I can say. It's very important for us to keep up with technology and what's out there so we can keep uh, ourselves competitive in the in the marketplace. Perfect. Perfect. So um, taking that one step further, yeah. what could technology do <laughs> in, in FP&A for you, say, in next five years? What's your wish list? Well, my wish list is uh, I just want just want to clap and have all my reports uh, shown for me and answer all my questions for okay for, for all my people for all my department. But uh, but in a more serious note, I think in the future, I think what I can see this going is as a as a FP&A manager, all of the metrics that I have to report on, which are inventory uh, forecast accuracy sales forecast accuracy, those things being leveled down into a, a literally a five-year-old can do it. And the five-year-old can can take a look at how your next year is going to look like in terms of inventory mm -hmm. and sales forecast. I think that's huge. I think that's one of the main uh, things as, a, as an FP&A manager that I will look forward to, uh, being able to have those metrics played out from a technology standpoint. And being able to track those metrics by just an automated automated model or an automated tool that can just simply derive from, you know, our income statements and our forecast analytics and past historical data, putting all these things together, I think it's just, I think it's a great, um, it's a game changer, to be honest with you, for the for future uh, reference. Because, yeah, then later, so, it's, yeah. yeah. So what you, your point is, um, technologies or reporting and all that probably good enough for reporting what happened. Yeah. Um, rather now it's a time where the technologies need to really come and tell you what what's going to happen, what actions you need to take. Yeah. Uh, technology space we are calling that. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Decision intelligence. Absolutely. Decision intelligence. Absolutely. So, you know, I have, when I started my career almost 20 years back, we used to, you know, do reports like that to pixel perfect report. Uh, it should be in a format. It should be printed. Like yeah. people will look at a printed report only. So that means it needs to be printed. It needs to be printed always in the same format. Yeah. And sometimes it's in a, you know, a template, a pre-printed template. Like from there, we move to free flow reports, internet-based report, and then dashboards, all that. And then we added data science, um, all that stuff. And then now where we are 
envisioning the next five years, I think which is aligning with what you are asking, is it's going to be a decision intelligence platform. Yeah. It's not about business intelligence, how the business perform, rather it's a decision intelligence, what decision you need to take today so that your future is altered in the right way. Exactly. Right? In the in the right direction. Exactly. So decision intelligence, uh, that means you need to do all that. Like you need to collect the data, you need to apply data science, you need to give a you know futuristic look and convert that as a recommendation for you so you can make better decisions. Um, now, when we discuss about this, one point, a lot of, you know, customers, when, you know, when we talk about analytics and all those, mm -hmm. you know, oh, my data is not clean. Yeah. What do you do? My data is not clean. So what is your perspective on data quality? Is there a, is there a day where you can say, yes, my data is good or you are still living with this and you still find, you know, the diamond within those tests. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, and, and it's difficult to answer because he has so many ramifications. But uh, one of the things that I think it's very important to do is when you, when you say you have clean data, it's, it's very hard to, because everybody has a notion of that. Everybody has a notion of what yeah. the clean data is, but, um, but to me, I think having a workable set of data that you can that you can utilize and, and it's good enough for the technology to be able to read it and be able to make decisions out of it, I think that's when you get to a point that okay, my data is it's it's in a clean format for for other you know technologies or for other things to read it. I think that's where we want to head at. I don't think we're like we're there yet, at least in, in personally speaking. I think we need a lot and we're working this internally to make sure that we are aligned because one of the things that I mentioned earlier was we need to make sure that we are keep up with technology. And the only way we can do yeah. that is if our data is, you know, clean, like you mentioned, or if it has a format that it can be readable from uh, AI standpoint yeah. or an uh, improved technology standpoint. So uh, I think a lot of companies have to do some sort of that to be able to um, get to where they want in terms of technology, you know? So I, it's, it's a work in progress, <laughs> but- It is a work in progress, yes, always. <laughs> but I think technology um, is not... to the point that, you know, it's able to read uh, even, even, you know, raw data as, at its core and itself that you won't even need to do that in the future. See, I, I remember, you know, same data quality comment being made like year 2000 yeah. and even today. But the difference I see is that uh, we used to talk about duplicate customers. We used to talk mm -hmm. about, you know, wrong address of a customer. Like we used to struggle about um, the month and close, month and close being not done for a number of days and all those. I think we are... We are getting better and better and better. For sure. But then at the same time, we have started capturing a lot of data about our customers and about uh, mm -hmm. our products, right? We are going more deeper. So when you go more deeper, then you get a lot more test, yeah. right? So yeah. I think I was talking to someone, some one, one of our prospect, they're talking about, oh, you know, we have all the great customers, but then we get their social media comments. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not very easy to, you know, 
one-to-one map because we don't have their social handle. Um, so we have a data quality problem. No, so it's, it's not a data quality problem you had in 2000 or 10 years back. This is a data quality problem is coming because you are expanding your scope of the data. Yep. Um, because you want to know how the, you know, the social media is talking about your product and in the social media platform, how your customers are expressing their views. So they, you want to have a view. But my point to them was, do you really need to map or do you need to get a sentiment? Yeah. You know, maybe only 20% of the customers will go, you know, really talk about your product. Even that 20% they are talking, it's actually almost like 80% talking. If yeah. it's not working for a few customers, it's not working for several others who are not telling. So you don't need to map. Like So, so I think you put it right. Data quality is a work in progress. <laughs> and it will be work in progress forever. Yeah. But it's just that what data is not correct, right? Exactly. Whether it is customer, customer names and unique customers is a problem, then yes, you need to work on it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, so I, I want to ask you a, a last question. Yeah. Um, in, in, in your role, mm-hmm. right? Um, what, what makes you, yes, I achieved this week or this month. What is that satisfaction in your role? Well, it, it is, um, combination of a lot of things. Um, because I'm, like I said, my role keeps constantly moving and changing. But one of the things mm-hmm. is the biggest, one of the biggest things and achievements you can have as a FP&A analyst is having data available for other people to make decisions. So when I, whenever I have that and I find, you know, I, I'm able to do my analysis and I'm able, I'm able to find, I'm able to run my analysis through Conversite and be able to pull that information together and do a quick analysis. That to me is, I achieved something that week, you know, at least, a, okay. I wouldn't even say a week. I do that on a daily basis. So I, I, that's something that I feel like before we didn't have, you know, before I had to scramble around, wait for GP to run, you know, hours of report yeah. and then just, just wait there, sit there for hours. And then the next day, that's already a day lost. I will have the report done. So Whenever I'm able to put that together and, and able to send an, a complete full analysis of that data that I was able to put together uh, to my CEO or my CFO, then that's that's already a win for me. You know, <laughs> I, I know you are humble. I think in the last one year, you guys have saved a lot in inventory costs. Yeah, like there are when you really see those savings, you know, or wow, you know, like yeah. all these analysis paying off type thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And a big, in a bigger scale of things, um, you know, when we, when we take a look at your, our inventory forecast accuracy, and we would take a look at, you know, thirty uh, percent mm. improvement on the inventory forecast uh, planning. Yes, yeah, there we go. We 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 already we we see the fruits of technology. You know, we see the fruits of, hey, we accomplished something that we didn't have before, and that's something that not only makes mm. me happy, makes the CEO happy, makes the CFO happy, everybody happy in the company. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because then uh, our inventory levels um, are where they're supposed to be at. We uh, pay less for uh, inventory warehousing. We are able to bring product exactly or close enough to what we need instead of over ordering. Yeah. 
or under ordering, you know, and, and those things, everything costs money. And at the same time, you know, uh, when I'm able to see margins, for example, and I'm able to track margins and I'm able to track, I'm able to tell, yell on my sales team and tell them, Hey, I see minus 10%, I see 10% or lower margins on your SKUs. You need to go out there and tell the customers that we need better pricing. So that's, those are the things that I'm able to do with technology. And nice. uh, those are things that, you know, change the course of the company. You know, it gives, brings money to the company. It brings efficiency. And at the end of the day, it makes us better. It makes us grow. So, you know, there is an analogy now, again, it's also a work in progress, right? Bringing more efficiency, make, there's never a hundred percent, right? There's always opportunity sure. to improve in any business. Um, sure. I'm sure the journey, what you are going through, uh, getting better and better and bring more efficiency is going to continue. And in our role, bringing more and more better tools and to help the FE&A team is going to help. So it, it's going to come as well. So I'm looking forward to continue our journey and thank you for being in the show and sharing your, uh, you know, inputs here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And anytime, um, I'm more than happy to come back. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Enjoy. Thanks. Do more. <laughs> See ya. See ya.